through the practice of meditation and mindfulness, we're really training the mind to bring, you know, a kind awareness to not only how we're feeling, but also to help us take a little bit of a different perspective to some of these situations that might be arising. And that was one of the biggest things that I noticed pretty straight away, actually, was that, gosh, it's really how I'm responding to the stress in my life that's causing the issues. So how can I perhaps change the conversation? Hey everyone, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. We've got a lot of new listeners around these parts this week after the unbelievable response to Alex Silver Fagan's episode this Monday, as well as my guest appearance on the Girlfriends and Business podcast with my dear friend, Brittany Driscoll, co-created by Ali Webb and Lori Harder. So grateful to all three of you for having me as your first guest. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. But lots of new listeners over here, so let me be the first to tell you welcome I'm grateful for your ear, and I promise to bring you thought-provoking, helpful conversations about topics that will help you live healthier, happier, more motivated lives. Over here on Hurdle Moment Wednesdays, I often bring in experts to unpack different topics, and today I'm diving into the benefits of meditation and mindfulness for sleep with Eve Lewis Prieto. She is the director of meditation and a mindfulness teacher at Headspace. And it's a perfect time for us to connect on this topic as we head into Global Stress Awareness Month and in honor of the Netflix premiere of Headspace's Guide to Sleep, which actually comes out today and Eve is narrating the series. In today's episode, Eve offers up her best practice tips on how to integrate meditation into your routine for better sleep. We talk about it all. I have been, like many of you, frustrated about both not being able to get to sleep and waking up in the middle of the night. And we unpack how the practice can help with both of those things. She also talks about what time of day could be best to implement meditation into your routine and sheds some light on a question I had, which is, are there different types of meditation that you should be doing to benefit different areas of your life, whether it be stress reduction and anxiety to sleep or perhaps work-life balance? You get the idea. A lot of different issues that many of us struggle with, and Eve talks to us about how meditation can be beneficial to deal with them all. I also have a fun announcement. I have a new Hurdle session on the horizon. For those of you who may be new to the feed, Hurdle sessions are digital workshops that I offer to the Hurdle community. At the beginning of the year, we did many a Hurdle session on goal setting and come May 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern, I'm gonna be offering a 2021 mid-year reset Hurdle session. You know why? Because I believe that it's time for a touch base. We're going to get together and unpack and regroup on your biggest 2021 goals. Zero judgment. Things happen. Life happens. Right now, you have the opportunity to get back on track to go where you want to go, to get done what you want to get done. And I'm going to talk you through the exact steps on how to get there. Link to snag your ticket. Space is limited. It is a small group session is in the show notes. 
As always, make sure you're following along with Hurdle at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Eve Lewis Prieto. She is the director of meditation and a mindfulness teacher at Headspace. How are you today? Hi, Emily. I'm really good. Thank you. It's so nice to to be speaking with you today. It's so nice to be speaking with you. I feel instantly calmer. I'm sure that people tell you that all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm getting used to that. <laughs> it's it's funny when people say, "You sent me to sleep last night." I'm like, "Oh, good." <laughs> glad I could be of service. I'm glad. I'm glad I can help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are chatting today about meditation. And sleep. Now, before we get into some of the nitty gritty when it comes to that, talk to me a little bit about your journey with meditation and how you arrived at Headspace. I joined when I think we just launched the first version of our app. Prior to that, um, Andy had been leading, um, you know, meditation mindfulness events. Uh, so it took a little bit of convincing by Rich is and our founder to, to make it digital. But my journey be- into meditation really began, uh, because I was really experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety in my life. I used to work in advertising. It's a pretty full on existence, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And I'd also been experiencing a lot of stress within my family. My dad hadn't been very well for a number of years and I was in a lot of debt after a bad relationship. So I was just not in a very good place and uh, it was having a significant impact on my sleep, actually. I was finding it really, really hard to get to sleep. And then when I finally drifted off, I would often wake up at least two to three times in the night. And, you know, over the course of a few months, even maybe beyond that, it really took a toll on my health. I lost a lot of weight. I was really irritable to be around, generally just not in good company. Um, and one day I actually woke up with uh, a rash on my neck, my hands, my skin. And it was quite literally my body's way of saying, stop. The stress was really showing up very physically. And around the same time, uh, a very good friend of mine sent me an article actually about Headspace, it was um, one of our first big print pieces in The Guardian in the UK. Uh, and at first I was pretty dismissive, I'll be honest. Uh, I definitely associated um, or thought that meditation was very spiritual and religious. And I was like, "This is no, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Um, I'll figure this out. Uh, anyway, uh, I wasn't good <laughs> and I continued to feel worse. Uh, and she nudged me again as she had had actually been trying Headspace. Uh, and anyway, she convinced me. And I'll never forget my first ever 10-minute session with Andy. Uh, and I remember thinking, you know, wow, I there is, there is an alternative to feeling what I'm feeling right now. Uh, and it's not that my stress and anxiety and all the problems that I was experiencing in my life just suddenly disappeared you know absolutely not but in learning to understand my own mind and learning to understand my you know reactions to stressful events and situations uh, I was able to bring in a greater awareness of you know how I was 
you know, behaving around them, how it was impacting, you know, my body, my health. Uh, and yeah, I, I was kind of hooked from there really. Uh, and like everyone I've had, you know, in my early days of meditating stops and starts, you know, I, I meditated pretty consistently for a few months and I was like, right, I'm good now. I don't need it anymore. Uh, and you know, then unfortunately those sort of habitual patterns come back in and it's called a practice for a reason because you need to kind of continue practicing it. And it was through a, you know, a bit of an auspicious coincidence having a conversation with a very good friend of mine. I decided to quit working in advertising and I was going to train as a Pilates teacher, actually. I'd always been really into movement and fitness. Uh, and she, I just happened to be updating her on what I was going to do. And I said, but, you know, I've, I'd love to work with someone like Headspace. You know, it's helped me so much. Uh, and it turns out she used to work with Rich. Uh, so I never trained as a Pilates teacher. And instead, I ended up training as a meditation teacher. Wow. Talk about a really special journey. I mean, I think a lot of people can definitely relate when you talk about your hesitancy to get into meditation. There's certainly a hurdle that goes hand in hand with that experience. Do you have any other recommendations for those that feel like you did, for those that just are of the mindset? Like, I just don't know if this is for me. Yeah. And I'll I'll definitely speak on, you know, personal experience. I, I think when you know, well, there's, there's a couple of things. There's the associations that we have around a practice like meditation because of its roots in, you know, its spiritual roots in Buddhism and it can, you know, be viewed and it is viewed as a spiritual practice and a religious practice for many, many millions of people all over the world. We're really about talking about training the mind. Um, much like we train our body and exercise, how we think about, try to think about how we eat. Uh, you know, the mind is, it needs that same care and attention. Uh, and so I would say to anyone who is a little on the fence, trying it out, if, if, it, if you realize it's not for you, then at least you've tried it. Because I was so dismissive of it, and I immediately sort of assumed it wouldn't really work. Uh, even just that process itself meant that I was really curious to learn more. Uh, and for so many of us, you know, sitting with the mind, we've never really done that before. So this, it's this new relationship that you're developing kind of with yourself. I was talking about this uh, recently about dismissing things we've never tried. And, you know, we do it quite often with things like, say, a food we've never eaten. Or like, oh, I don't like that. It's like, boy, have you ever tried it? And you're like, no, 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 but I don't like it. Because we put this like perception and this association with things that we think we'll like. Um, and then interestingly, when we try them, we're like, oh, this isn't quite what I thought. <laughs> so I think curiosity is is a really good word actually just being curious around you know what is how you're feeling right now and there could be some alternatives to trying things like practices of meditation mindfulness but also just bringing a greater awareness into how you're feeling completely on the on the vibe of this may be something that I don't like but I'm going to try it anyway. I was actually with a friend last night and we had suggested to a server at the restaurant that we were at that she could just pick some of their most popular small plates to send to the table. And she brought us over about 10 minutes later a set of silverware that was specifically for wait for it escargot. And my friend <laughs> looks at me <laughs> and he's like, oh, those are for you. And so when they show up, 
I was like, well, you have to try it if they're here. And he tried it and he was like, yep, that's delicious. (laughs) So totally different, but very much of the, well, this isn't going to be for me mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the the vegans and the vegetarians listening to that are like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah, but it's amazing how much that, I mean, food is a really good example, but we we do it in so many different ways, kind of almost without realizing um, whether, and, and often, you know, it can be to do with things that might be helpful towards us. We immediately, and I'm talking of my own experience here, you know, be like, well, it probably won't work for me uh, because we're sort of defaulted to assume that um, doing things for ourselves probably won't work. Uh, so, you know, that's why I said like, sort of sense of curiosity and kindness, particularly when we're talking about the mind is, is pretty important. So let's bring this around back to what we're here to talk about today. And that is sleep and how meditation can give us a little helping hand in that department. I know you referenced that you had a really rough time sleeping when you were dealing with some of that chaos in your life. Talk to me about the basics here. I mean, for again, someone who hasn't really implemented meditation when it comes to their sleep for the betterment of it, where does somebody start? and why? Why is meditation good for our sleep? Yeah, lots to say here. So I think the first thing is that, you know, sleep is universal. You know, we all need to sleep in order to feel generally healthy and, and happy. You know, when, when, when we're not sleeping well, and we're not having good night's rest or restorative rest, you know, how we show up in the day uh, can be, you know, I use my own example, irritable, frustrated, short-tempered. Uh, and so, you know, sleep is in many ways, we kind of take it for granted that we sleep um, and don't really think about it from a, you know, sleep is not separate from the day as the day is not separate from sleep. And I think if we can do things, it, you know, and this is where meditation and mindfulness really comes in. What are the things that we can do in our day that means that when we come to hit the hay, so to speak, put the head on the pillow and turn the light out, that we're actually able to um wind down and, and get to sleep um you know quicker than maybe we would normally otherwise uh and mm. you know it, it is that that point around what we do in our day really really does impact you know when it comes to to going to bed and and the way that meditation and mindfulness can be such a a helpful tool is you know particularly when it pertains to things like stress and anxiety you know stress is designed to keep you awake like it's our body's physical response to, you know, a challenging or threatening situation. And so we release, you know, hormones like adrenaline and cortisol, which are basically designed to keep you in a high state of vigilance. And, you know, when it comes to, and, and the, the perceived threats, you know, in a modern day sense are work stress, family stress, commitments, to-do lists, global pandemics. I mean, there's no end of, of stressful scenarios that are happening at the moment. Uh, and so if we're able to bring a bit more awareness to how we respond to those situations, because often it's not, it's not really the event itself. It's, it's what happens afterwards. You know, the ruminating, the storylines that we create in the mind, you know, the what ifs, um, you know, the, the stories we tell ourselves basically, um, you know, either wishing something was going a different way. Or, you know, that self-doubt, critical, judgmental voice. I won't be able to do this. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough time. Oh, my gosh. You know, everything's so overwhelming. And so, you know, through the practice of meditation and mindfulness, we're really 
training uh, the mind to bring, you know, a kind awareness to not only how we're feeling, but also to help us take a little bit of a different perspective to some of these situations that might be arising. And that was one of the biggest things that I noticed pretty straight away, actually, was that, gosh, it's really how I'm responding to the stress in my life that's causing me issues. So how can I perhaps change the conversation, give a bit more space for not only how I'm feeling, but also what might be a more skillful way? And because, you know, when we go to bed at night, we don't have the distractions of the day to, um, you know, to keep us occupied, which is why, and maybe you've felt this as well, often it feels like your mind goes into overdrive and suddenly all the problems that you're, you're, you're thinking about, worrying about, seem sort of tenfold. So if we're able to address some of the stress and anxiety we're feeling in the day, um, not only are we better able to recognize um, how the body's feeling, you know, closer to bedtime and noticing that sleepy feeling in the body, but we're more likely going to be able to sort of separate ourselves from the storylines and, you know, the worry and anxiety. Uh, so that, I mean, that's how it's been for me. Uh, you know, some days are more stressful than others. And so it's, it's never going to be this perfect situation, but it's more about finding the tools that work for you. Uh, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that, you know, people have to go and start an hour long meditation session a day. You can really start small. I think in the early days of, of starting a meditation practice, it's actually more about consistency. Um, so finding that moment maybe in the morning before the day started, actually when you wake up, because uh, it can help set the tone for the day. taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about a brand new sponsor to the show, and that is Picky Bars. What started as a side project to fuel training miles by three pro athletes, Lauren Fleshman, Stephanie Bruce, and Jesse Thomas, is now multiple product lines of legitimate, nutritionally balanced, real food options that I feel really good about putting in my body. I say feel good options because the company is more than just bars now, offering up performance granola, which I cannot get enough of this flavor they have. It's called PB&J all day. They've got oatmeal, they've got pancakes, and honorable mention to their drizzle, which is basically an almond butter topping with superfood maca that tastes good on pretty much anything. Like. In my case, I put some on toast after my run last Saturday and I felt like I was in heaven. Anyway, what I love about this stuff is that, as I said, it's made by athletes and they wanna perform their best, which means that they've done the legwork on making the best possible product for balanced energy and performance. Now, you know, I don't bring new stuff here to the feed unless I've got an awesome offer for you. Picky is offering Hurdle listeners 20% off all orders over $25 at pickybars.com slash hurdle, which means you can save while also loading up on my faves. Let's see, my favorites. They are the Need for Seed bar. Oh, I love it. Also, the one called Smooth caffeinator. <laughs> the brand obviously gets bonus points for stellar naming practices. <laughs> but in all honesty, Smooth Caffeinator, it's my jam because it has 
real coffee in it, and chocolate chips, aka no-brainer. Head on over to PickyBars.com, that's P-I-C-K-Y-B-A-R-S.com slash hurdle to get 20% off all their super delicious real food snacks and fuel. And you can get an additional 20% off your box if you try a new Picky Club membership. Again, that's PickyBars.com slash hurdle. Head on over there today and snag yourself some goods. The first thing that I want to double click on here is the concept that you don't have to be doing this meditation right before bed for it to help your sleep. As you just mentioned here, doing it first thing in the morning can actually be quite beneficial. So from a timing perspective, again, can we just reiterate, is there a quote unquote ideal time of day for someone to add meditation in? Or is it, as you were saying, just as long as you're doing it consistently, that really matters? Yes, the consistency part is is really important. I think the ideal time of day, you know, from, from my own experience, the morning has been more effective uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, you're able, as I said, to try and set the intention, set the tone for the day. And also, most importantly, reminding yourself uh, of, of the awareness and compassion to bring into your day. Uh, the second one is that Often, and we hear this from quite a few of our members at Headspace, that once they get into their day and the busyness starts and family responsibilities, and you know, it can be harder to make that time because we always will often maybe prioritize something else. Uh, so it's, I would say, experiment. You know, there's no one size fits all. Yeah. Experiment. The other thing that I wanted to double click on is this idea that meditation helps us, of course, as we've talked about here, deal with the mind and manage those thoughts and separate fact from feeling. For those that are interested in meditation specifically for better sleep, are there different types of meditation that you should be doing if that is your main focus or is it all kind of one in the same? That's a really great question actually and there are definitely a, a number of techniques um, that can be really beneficial and depending on when you do them can also um, have you know a, maybe a greater impact on on your ability to you know wind down and switch off for, for going to bed I think for a meditation to be done during the day um, a technique that um, can be really really helpful is called the noting it's a noting or labeling technique where essentially you are really building a skill of recognizing uh, when you are distracted so when you're in a meditation often for example the breath is used as an object of focus and so when you realize, that you're distracted, which happens a lot <laughs> in, in meditation, uh, you label and note it, whether it was thinking or feeling. And the reason that that is really helpful is it starts to create uh, some awareness around our thought patterns and sort of feelings in the body. And so the point here is not about noticing every thought. It's about noticing when you are distracted. So when you're perhaps getting caught up in you know, a story, um, a pattern of thoughts, uh, and then just bringing it back to the breath. And it doesn't matter how many times you have to not thinking, feeling, come back to the breath. Um, that's, that's the one that I would say is particularly good in the day. 
for one closer to bedtime and uh, actually this is is one we use a lot in headspace guide to sleep is uh visualization and meditation um so it's really designed as as a way of winding down and you know switching off off the body so you know to really it's designed to help you cultivate that feeling of you know calm soothing spaciousness which is really great when you're trying to go to bed at night uh so i'd say those two you know can work really well hand in hand I love the uh, the word spaciousness. I will say that I, for sure, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm talking like that witching hour of like yeah. 2 or 3 a.m. After about like 10 to 15 minutes of not being able to just like roll back over and go to sleep, visualization is one of the first things I go into in that deep breathing and sometimes, yeah. admittedly, turning on headspace just because it's like okay, how many ways can I signify to my body that like I am so ready mm-hmm. <laughs> to go back to bed and not getting angry or anxious about it, just you know, doing what's within my control to navigate the situation as it arises for me? Yes, and you actually touched on a, a really a couple of things actually. One is it, deep breathing is, um, is a really great way to signal to, the, to your body and to your brain that like any perceived threats, uh, stress uh, are, are gone. And it helps to pump oxygen and blood, and it really activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's a great, great, great thing to do either before bed or if you wake up in the night. The other thing is, if you know, if you do wake up in the night and you cannot roll back over and go to sleep, whether you know, even you know, if you are, you know, say using Headspace, one of the things that we le- I learned actually from one of the researchers we work with on the, on the show is actually getting out of bed not to get up and get on with your day definitely not <laughs> but to maybe go into another room if you can dim the lights either listening to you know maybe a wind down exercise or uh, some relaxing music doing a visualization or maybe even just reading a, a book or something that's relatively mundane maybe something out of the newspaper or something um, as a way of, of getting yourself ready to get back to sleep again Before I let you go, do you have any other helpful tips when it comes to meditation and sleep that you think that we should throw into the mix here? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the the biggest is, you know, if you you do have sleep issues and you are, you know, worrying a lot about about sleep, you know, don't worry, you you know, you're not alone. Um, I was really surprised to learn that either not being able to get to sleep or or waking up in the night is, is really common. Um, the good news is that there really are some some fantastic tools that you can use, and meditation and mindfulness is 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 really one of them. I think as well, you know, it's really can be really helpful not to try not to either sort of think you're failing if you're if you're not being able to get to sleep, or perhaps finding that your your mind is really busy when it comes to learning meditation and mindfulness. Like you're not doing anything wrong. You know, it could just be that for the first time in a really, really long time, you're actually being present with the body and the mind. So be patient, give it some time and know that everyone's different. So, you know, do what works for you and and experiment and and try out. And, you know, both in the Headspace app um, and with the Headspace Guide to Sleep coming out next week on, on Netflix, there are a lot of tools and resources. And I talk a lot about the science behind sleep. Uh, in the show as well. So 
we have you covered <laughs> for getting a restful night's sleep. <laughs> so many great tips here. And as you just said, it's so important. Two things. One, to remember that you're not alone in this struggle, just like so many of the things that we deal with as a part of our overall wellness snapshot, if you will. There are so many things that we could feel alone in, our frustrations, our struggles, but the fact is that we are certainly not. And then as you touched on before, just the importance of thinking of meditation as a piece to the puzzle. It is just yeah. one thing that you can use in your toolbox to help yeah. you get to where you want to be. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's a practice, it's a journey. So, you know, I think just having that sense of kindness and, and patience with it uh, as well. Uh, and know that you're not alone. Eve, thank you so much for your time today. How do the hurdlers keep up with you? Where can they find you on social? Where can they find Headspace? Give me all of the details. Yeah, definitely. So um, probably the best place to, to find me is on, on Instagram at Meditate with Eve. Um, I regularly try and do little mini moments of meditation sessions, maybe two or three minutes just as a, a way to drop into your day. Obviously, there's Headspace um, on Instagram, um, across all of the social platforms as well. Uh, and um, yeah, that would be the, the best place, best place to find me. Of course. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 